I'm Brendan McCormack and welcome back to a very special episode of the Perfect Fan Podcast as we dissect and do a recap of the 2019 Reebok CrossFit Games, which we were lucky enough to become a World Feed broadcast partner of. And today I'm going to be joined by my good friend and CrossFit chiropractor, Andrew Elechner, who was lucky enough to get a media pass and be behind the scenes and on the ground producing content for you guys and today we're going to discuss the new formats, national champs, athlete cuts, the new point scoring system and give you guys a recap and review of how the whole games went. The Perfect Fan Podcast is brought to you by True Protein. True is unafraid to cut through the noise of an oversaturated market and break the mold to deliver authentic, all natural products with genuine health benefits and none of the fake stuff. True have bucked the trend for expensive, overhyped, bad-tasting protein powders and supplements packed with false promises to reinvent the marketplace and create a 100% natural, delicious, quality protein with no gimmicks, nothing artificial, and a completely transparent ingredient list. You can pick up True Protein online at trueprotein.com.au and use the code PERTHFITFAM10 to get an exclusive Perth Fit Fam discount. And if you are a listener from Western Australia, you can pick up True Protein from over 120 resellers locally. But that is trueprotein.com.au using the code PERTHFITFAM10. And that is it. In this podcast, Andrew's at the airport about to jump on a plane, but we were lucky enough to catch him to give you guys a recap of the 2019 Reebok CrossFit Games. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have him on, Andrew Elechner, the CrossFit chiropractor, and our man on the ground at the CrossFit Games. But before we get kicked into it, people wanted to hear from us about a 2019 CrossFit Games wrap-up. So we're going to go through the new format, the national champs, the athlete cuts, um, the new scoring and point system, the results, and of course, the world feed, which Perth Fit Fan was lucky enough to be an official broadcast partner of which was wicked, but Andrew, you've been frothing and trying to get on the Perfect Fan Podcast for a long time now, so welcome. I'm pretty sure you've been trying to get me on for a long time, haven't you? Oh boy, debatable. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But here we go, here's the chance. So first of all, this was your fourth year at the CrossFit game, and this year we were lucky enough to get you a media pass, so tell us a little bit about some of the things that you were getting up to. So... um... So, yeah, like you said, this is fourth year. So I did one year in Carson and uh, that's now three years in Madison now. So um, this year I had obviously doing the media on the ground for Perth Fit Fam. I had a bit of a mixed role. I was looking after eight athletes and um, I'm good friends with some of the actual Reebok staff that run the logistics and stuff. So I helped them out with a few adjustments because, you know, running around Madison's actually quite a big complex. So running around, they, they get a bit sore and a bit hunched over. And um, so, yeah, helped them out as well. But yeah, I was looking after um, Rob Forte's team, which is the exterminators. Um, and they got cut in the second team cut. So they finished 11th. Um, Maddie Sturt, who I've looked after three out of the last four games. Um, and she finished 23rd, so she was in the whatever cut that was. <laughs> um, and then also looking after Caitlin Van Zeel. It was her first um, CrossFit Games, and um, unfortunately she didn't make it through the second cut, but she 
still had a red hot go and she's had some injury issues leading up to it. Um, and Matt McLeod, who arguably should have been rookie of the year, but we can kind of talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then, of course, um, Kane Hayes, who was star of his very own Perth Fit Fan podcast uh, in the Masters, 40 to 44. And he just, he killed it this weekend. He was great. Um, and I know he's a little bit disappointed about the result, but Kano, if you're listening, you did everybody that was there supporting you proud and um, all of Perth and all of Australia as well. We were just really blown away with how you performed. Yeah, absolutely. So just a quick shameless plug for the Kane podcast. So I did a podcast with Kane Hayes, who was a Perth-based 40 to 44 Masters athlete, but he has an exceptional story, uh, life story, where he went from being a semi-professional Aussie rules player to becoming a alcoholic. And then once he started CrossFit, was able to overcome his addictions and now is a games athlete. So he's someone that I've known for probably about the past four or five years and seeing his journey has been amazing. So go check that out. I'll put a link in. Um, okay. First of all, four oh, years I forgot to mention we did the media stuff too. So, oh, yeah. you know, I got this really flash pink armband and this really nice light blue one. <laughs> and um, I could get right floor side. So that allowed me to get, some really epic photos which will no doubt go up on the Perth Fit Fam social media when I actually get the chance to upload them and send them across. Um, so, you know, maybe tonight or tomorrow, sometime like that. Um, but I could also get into um, a certain part of the athlete warm-up area where they had briefings and things like that because I already know a lot of um, the athletes and have a relationship with them or their coaches um, I was able to ask a few of them for some interviews, which, of course, um, if you were watching the live FitFam f- stream, you would have seen that coming through over the weekend. And there's a couple of other interviews, that kind of stuff. Managed to get one with Shane Orr. So if you follow CrossFit, you all know who he is. Yeah, we got more of Shane Orr. Um, so, so, yeah, that was really good. Um, it's actually all access that I've had in previous years, um, but in different capacities. So. Um, this time, this time the rules are a little bit stricter because you, you know, as soon as they say like a media armband, they're like, no, you can't. There's only certain points where you can talk to the athletes. Yeah. <laughs> Cameras have got to be down. Can't make eye contact in certain spots, all that kind of stuff. So, lol. Um, um, we got to move through because I know that you're at the airport and you've got to board a plane. So, first of all, um, really briefly, Madison versus Carson. Um, look, when I first moved to Madison, I will say that I hated the idea and I think for the first year at least, Madison really struggled with the sudden influx of people coming into the games. Um, I know that from that year, uh, Uber drivers were coming in from all around the state, Milwaukee, um, Kenosha, other parts of um, Wisconsin and uh, to meet the demand this year they were much better prepared and there's even been a few like little private hotels, a lot more Airbnbs, people opening up their houses and rooms in their houses during the games for people to be able to rent. Um, Most of the major hotels are booked out years in advance now by, you know, Reebok and the games for their staff anyway. Um, But yeah, so Madison is um, actually killing it with the games now Um, and they're really accommodating. Everyone there's really friendly the stadium is better. The um, athlete area is better. The place where private practitioners can set up is better. Logistically, um, it's a, still a nightmare to get to. That's just the nature of flights. 
Um, it's always easier to fly into LA than pretty much anywhere else in America. But um, yeah, I think in terms of hosting the games, Madison's actually um, a great location now that they've caught up to the demand. Um, now, what were your expectations of the new format before going in? Obviously, we had quite a few changes. So how did you think it was going to go down? Um, we knew there was going to be cuts and the athletes knew there was going to be cuts, but we didn't know exactly when there was going to be. We, obviously, we knew the first workout was going to be boom, that's half the field gone. But in terms of specifics, there's a lot of rumors, but no definite concrete stuff. And often, so like, for example, the cut from uh, 20 to 10, they only had one workout and that was an obstacle course sprint race. Um, not really super crossfitty and they culled the field. So that, um, that kind of came as a bit of a shock. Um, uh, honestly, my expectations were completely um, devoid. Like I didn't have any, it was more like a case of let's see how badly this stuff's up. Um, but to Castro's credit, uh, it, it actually didn't. So it, it, it was, it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I think yeah. I think there were so many changes. So nobody likes change. And even when it all came about, I was like, oh, this is garbage. Um, but I tried to keep my opinion reserved until we saw it. And yeah, I agree. I think that it, it did turn out pretty good. But let's talk about the first event and the national champs and the first cut. So we went from, I believe, 148 yeah. male athletes and thereabouts 134 female athletes um, with all the national championships. So first of all, what was your thoughts on the national champions? Um, look, I was actually quite vocal um, about the idea because I actually, uh, I hated the idea of the national champions. For the last several years, I've worked with guys that, came through, got to the games through the regionals pathway. I knew how hard they'd work their butt off. Um, and then to see people just getting a ticket through the open that, you know, might struggle to string a couple of muscle ups together. Um, I thought that was a terrible idea, but I am going to eat my words here. Um, being at the presentation and when they brought all of the national champions, well, the ones that were actually there, um, onto the floor and seeing them have the opportunity, um, it really hit me that they're there to represent their country. And a lot of them obviously knew that they're not going to cut it with Matt Fraser and Tia Claire Toomey, but they wanted to like display their home country um, on their shirt. And like, uh, you know, it's no different really. This is what I've figured in hindsight. And the guys that, um, you know, come from, a country that's not great at swimming and then they go to they qualify as the best country uh their, their best swimmer in their country and they they go to the olympics and they swim a 30 second race and they don't make the next heat like um but nobody bats an eyelid about that but suddenly we're like oh we got national champions and we're all like oh i hate it so i i honestly think that now on the other side of it the crossfit community needs to shift their attitude about this mm. yeah we've got the gladiators and stuff but it's actually brilliant to have guys representing their own country and like flying the flag for um for for the country of their origin um so, did it yeah, change the there vibe? we go i was wrong guys <laughs> did it change the vibe compared to previous years that you've been there having so many athletes and the national champs um yes uh yes and no with 
with the cuts behind the scenes, like Reebok had to work a lot harder. There was a lot more athletes to fit out. They checked in people progressively over a number of days rather than like it was usually done over a day and a half for everyone mm-hmm. um, in past years. So that they did that progressively. They also like um, Friday night. So after day two, they made those cuts down to 20 they refitted everybody out that had made the cut. So they gave them a whole bunch of new outfits. Um, but what I saw was like a bit of fear and concern in certain athletes, like the entire competition. Like, so um, athletes that had experienced the game bef- games before and um, hadn't had cuts in their previous years, they were now starting to sweat about having to make the next grade. So they, I guess it pushed people to do a little bit better. But I think there were a lot of people that kind of, they heard the workout, heard that there was going to be a cut and I don't know, maybe their head game wasn't strong and they just kind of folded under the pressure mm. um, and, and almost ran up the white flag before the workout even began. Then when they made the cuts, um, there were people in tears that they got cut. Um, I remember one um, athlete after the first cut, I think she was the representative from the UAE, um, and I remember seeing her in the lobby of the building that houses the warm-up area and a bunch of other stuff um, being consoled by a friend, and she was just absolutely weeping at the idea of getting cut. Wow. So, um, but you know, talking to Noah Olson, he it, we put that we put that in that interview on FitFam. Yeah, we did. Um, he, you know, he's not really an athlete that was ever really in danger of getting cut. Obviously, he came second. But he was saying from his perspective, he had friends like Street Horner that didn't make the first cut, which was a big surprise. So um, he was talking about how that was bittersweet, um, which I thought was awesome to hear from Noah um, about that consideration. So, yeah, there was definitely a vibe change, a little bit more fear from the athletes, a little bit more compassion from those who were sweating a bit. Uh, I honestly don't think that Matt Fraser had any compassion for anyone getting cut. But that's just how he rolls. He's just straight to it. Um, so the first cut, the event, um, being first cut, do you think that that was a good test of fitness to eliminate the field down to 75? 100%. Um, it was the perfect test of fitness. We're not going to get a higher skilled barbell movement than a snatch. Um, legless rope climbs are also pretty tough throwing something that just generally, first of all, gets the heart rate up, pumps the grip, and then they go for heavy snatches. Um, It really sort of the men from the boys and um, I guess the women from the girls. Yeah, it's true. I think you've got to be be neutral. I think think Castro nailed the programming. I think uh, one of the things I was fearful of was that we were going to see something like a run, swim, run, and we might have somebody that was a former triathlete or, you know, sorry, Hunter, but um, uh, <laughs> someone like an obstacle course racer that absolutely killed that, made the cut, but then got to a barbell workout and couldn't move it. So, um, yeah, I think I think he nailed that first workout. I find it, I, I was really happy that Hunter actually got through the first cut. I was so pumped yeah, for so it. Was I. I, t- just quietly, and, and I think I mentioned it on the live broadcast, I would have loved to have seen Hunter, even though he was cut, I would have loved to have seen him in the ruck run and Glassman just go, I'll tell you what, for a spectacle, go jump in the event. Your score won't matter. And if you win it... I'll just have a crack. Show us. Show yeah, us just what show you us, Show us how good you are, just as a spectacle, because I reckon that he would have absolutely brutalized everyone on that ruck. But, um, he, so yeah. He was pretty funny because he was just... Um, he was just rolling around the area, really chilled out. 
he was wearing these sunnies that looked like they'd come from, you know, Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, he had like this kind of curly mullet type haircut. And obviously he's like 6'2", so he's a lot taller than the traditional CrossFitter. Um, and he's wearing short, short running shorts rather than the board shorts. He just, um, but he was just so chill and he just had such a great vibe. So, um, yeah, I was, it was good to see him out having a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that that was cool. It was good. And I think that the wild or the blowhard card, we'll call him. We won't even call him the wild card. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, now, programming and the later cut. So you spoke about the sprint, which was a pretty pivotal point of when the field went from 20 to 10. And mm-hmm. um, from memory, Brent Fikowski didn't even make it that far. Um, I nah. think Jonah got cut at that stage. Brooke Wells got cut at that stage. Daughter who was hanging on by a thread. She, to be honest, she could have performed, and I don't think that she would have even have got through no. on the sprint. Um, do you think that the programming leading up to the final ten was good, or do you think they could improve on that to get a better rounded group of athletes into that top ten? I think I think the programming for the whole games was pretty spot on, but I didn't like where they put the later cuts. So. Um, and one of the main reasons was when we see Will Murad here open the, his account really well at the start of um, the games. He did, he did pretty well. He was in that top 10. But I think um, from what I heard, he kind of pinged his hammy on that sprint. Yeah, he um, did. But, and then they've obviously cut it uh, to 10, which means he's only going to come, you know, the lowest he's going to do is come 10th. But he could barely do anything from there on. Um, and in years past, we would have seen him naturally kind of transition down the field or even possibly withdraw um, from from the competition and somebody else could have um, come in. So that just it just put a bit of a sour taste in my mouth about that. Um, guys like Fikowski, well, no, not even Fikowski. He didn't make the cut. He didn't make top 20, and he was salty about it. He was stomping around on Friday night. Um yeah. There were rumours of um, them getting, like, extending the cuts to maybe, like, the top 24, um, but that just didn't eventuate, um, which I think is good. That, that kind of would have killed it um, and ruined the games mm-hmm. to, to do that. But guys like Pat Vellner, Pat Vellner has always started quite poorly and fought his way back. If you look at, like, he's been on the podium since the get-go and he's basically chat the bed from <laughs> from wad one and he started better in wad one this year but like he's a stayer and he just he just progressively gets better he didn't have that opportunity to do that um this year and i think if he had have had the opportunity with the workouts that came after that cut from 10 to 20 i think we would have seen him in the top 10 yeah now he did mention that on a social media post that he put out on instagram he was kind of like you know it is what it is but it was unfortunate he didn't get a chance to bring out one of his signature velna comebacks um but then in the post um the post games press conference when somebody asked castro about the eliminations and what would he say to the athletes that didn't make it especially the higher profile castro is pretty unapologetic and his answer was just simply get better and that was yeah. it. Yeah. He's a similar personality to Matt Fraser. He, Matt yeah. Fraser would say the exact same thing. So Now, let's talk about the final results. And so, obviously, Matt Fraser won the men's. Tia Claire Toomey won the females, which wasn't a surprise, um, except Matt Fraser did get pushed a lot more than what we ever seen by Noah Olsen. 
And I'll go into highlights of the games later, but just specifically results at the moment. Um, so, yeah, what's your thoughts on the final results of the top 10 and where they placed? Uh, look, I think it, it's actually pretty reflective of, um, of people that earned it. You know, like when I'm thinking about the women, um, Christine Holter and um, Jamie Green have always been around the top tier. Um, Carrie Pierce as well. She was fantastic. Hayley Adams really surprised me. Yes. Um, and I don't think she would have stayed in the top 10 if there hadn't have been a cut, if I'm being completely honest. That that clean ladder would have killed her. She couldn't hit the first barbell um, and she could barely move the tie break barbell. Mm. But in terms of fitness, like she was up there, but um, that would have put her way back if it had have been, you know, more than 10. Um, Tia, Tia was a cut above and I never expected anyone to... Um, get anywhere near her i worked with her last year um and i her and shane they they're just a well-oiled machine and one of the things that always strikes me about tia is um you know she wins the clean ladder event but she also won the swim and ski event and the um and she was right up there in the ruck run so um (laughs) this chick can do it all uh yes so, like, I never expected anyone to get anywhere near her. Yeah, so she didn't just win the ski paddle event. She beat the males, all males in the ski paddle yeah. event, including fellow Aussie Matt McLeod, who for yeah, me... Yeah, was pretty funny finish. <laughs> oh, it was great. And then uh, it, was, it was a good finish of the line. And then Matt claimed that he didn't hear her say, let's race to the end. Obviously, there's no <laughs> points between the two of them, but it was fun to watch. Um, now, Matt McLeod, um, in the results, so um, actually, I don't have the leaderboard, but he did finish in the top 10. He was behind James was. Every, he was seventh. Um, yeah. First games for Matt McLeod, but we've seen him on the local scene for years, and he obviously qualified by beating Jacob Hepner at Down Under this year. So mm-hmm. for me, that was such an exceptional performance for a rookie. But he's just cool as a cucumber, isn't he? Like, he can have a great event, he's cool. He can have a bad event, and he's still just as cool. Yeah, he's actually a pretty funny guy. He's got a great personality. Um, in terms of... But he also works with like a really, um, really experienced coach. So I know his coach, Darren, um, really well. Uh, I've worked with him for like four years and looked after his athletes the whole time. Um, now, Matt, I, I think personally, he was a little bit unlucky to not get Rookie of the Year. I mean, sure, Haley Adams finished sixth. He finished seventh. Um but Haley didn't have any event wins, and he had two event wins, which, um, which is kind of a big deal when you think about it. Um, and uh, I think one of the things with him was uh, Darren is really, um, because he is so experienced, he knows that one good event isn't worth you know getting excited about, and one bad event's not worth you know slitting your wrists over. So. Um, in terms of his coaching and his support staff, he was really well looked after, especially like, I mean, his chiropractor did a great job. So, um, so, you know, he had uh, the best in, in the business. <laughs> looking after him. did a great job. Oh, <laughs> shameless plug. Um, all right. So I see that you're walking towards your gate to go board. So let's finish off real quickly. So, or not real quickly, but two questions to go. So what was the highlights of the games for you from a competition standpoint? What were the standout moments? 
Um, look, that that last clean event was unreal. Um, being on the floor, the um, atmosphere in the stadium was electric. Every time somebody touched the barbell, the crowd just like lit up. Um, so that was awesome, especially when Tia hit that 265. Oh. Um, she was just very clinical, clinical, the whole clean ladder. She just went like, yep, showed no emotion. You could see everyone else was standing up, jittering, like fidgeting the whole time. Tia, on the other hand, she's been to the Commonwealth Games for Olympic lifting. She knew what to do. She sat down on her chair. She didn't move. She let her legs rest the entire time. And then when it was her time to lift, she stood up, she went and she moved the barbell. Um, but she just showed no emotion. And then when she hit that 265, that's when she let it out because she was like, yep, I've done what I needed to do. Um, and then the same thing with Fraser. Like that lift was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> what a beast. So, uh, and, and just even that um, Noah Olsen and Saxon Pancheck um, on the tiebreaker, like racing to like throw their ankles across the um, laser timer before one another that was it was just that whole event was unreal um so yeah that would be the highlight in terms of events um, um i'll go i'll go into my events first so for people that haven't watched the replays yet i have four events for you guys that are must watch so first of all you must watch the first cut which is the first individuals just so you can see what it looks like with the national champions on there and how they establish the final 75 you have to watch mary when you see Noel Rolson and Matt Fraser go head to head. And that's where things really got thrown up in the air with could Matt Fraser come back? Because I won't give it away, but I kind of just did. But watch Mary, specifically the men. Um, The clean ladder, that was our most viewed video. So that got um, currently 53,000 views, which is the second most watched video for the live feeds on Facebook around the world at the moment um, as far as complete events. The clean... Oh, sorry. The clean? Did I just say the clean? Mm, yeah, I just said the clean. clean. Yeah, sorry, the clean. Um, so that was amazing. And like you mentioned, the tiebreaker with Noel Rolson and Saxon Pancheck. And you have to watch the final. So um, they're my four events, which were the highlights, definitely. Um, now, your personal highlights of the weekend, since that you did have the, um, the exclusive and very special media pass. Um, look, like I said, I had um, similar access to this before. Um, I, you know, 2017, I was allowed in the pit because I was coaching. I was coaching injustice, so I had their coach armband. Really, I was just there to, um, if they had any niggles or problems going on. So I'd been in the base of the Coliseum before, but being on the floor of it was unreal. Um, uh, look, it, it was really awesome to be on the floor when they were actually doing the presentations. Um, and, yeah, like seeing the national champions, their excitement. And, it, you know, like they're all frothing over Tia and Matt masking for photos of them. Uh, <laughs> probably the highlight, though, was last night at the after party, um, DJ Lucky Lou, who I'd actually met before, he was because Reebok brought him in. I ended up adjusting him um, before his set. And his, DJ. he was like, yeah. Yeah, um, why not, right? Um, he pulled the Aussies onto the stage and um, and then somebody pulled Alex Smith onto the stage and he was absolutely blind. And then um, BKG and his crew got onto the stage and he was hammered. And then somebody pulled Sarah onto the stage and they just started playing Bohemian Rhapsody and we were all rocking out Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and I asked Sarah, I said, Sarah, are you drunk? And she said, yes, very much so. Um, 
So yeah, like that was just it was it was a lot of fun to just see them all uh, let loose afterwards. And you know, these guys have been training hard. They've got no body fat. They haven't drunk for months. So like you can just imagine like and they free pour in America. Um, you can just imagine how quickly they get lit up. So yeah, that was a bit of fun. I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, you go board your flight. That is Andrew Lechner, the CrossFit chiropractor. You can see him on Instagram at GetHubbed or the Athlete Hub or Electnogram. But we're going to be releasing some of his photos later. So, Andrew, when are you back? Uh, a couple of weeks. I'm going to go have a holiday now. Oh, damn. All right. Go <laughs> have a holiday with your wife, Christina, and I'm sure that she's yelling at you to get on the plane. Yeah, pretty much. All right. See you guys. See you, bro. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Perfect Fan Podcast. And for those of you who, have, who are new, who have just joined us through the CrossFit Games, welcome. Make sure to subscribe. If you like the episode, then jump onto iTunes and give us a five-star review. I love to hear your guys' feedback. And that draws a conclusion to our 2019 CrossFit Games campaign after the world feed. So I hope you guys have enjoyed. And as always, stay tuned for more of Perfect Fan to come.